Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by ELA K25. We're thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM, 97.5 HD2, a part of the Beasley Media Group, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. Even though Pittsburgh was playing last night, I know you didn't watch Thursday Night Football as their fans booed their inability of their offense to do anything. So I'll start with this. They hit the over. They did. Uh, it was very, it was very low overall. It was a miracle. They I hit was on the phone with somebody last night, and they're like, "It's seven nothing already, and it's only the first quarter." They I'm hit like, the, Ooh. they hit the over in the first half. I'm pretty sure <laughs> they definitely hit the over. So I'll I'll go with this. Did you watch the in season tournament last night, Jeff? <laughs> no. The first game was actually. I guess really, I should watch more of this stuff, but you know, you do a sports radio show. It'd be good if you watched it to it, talk it, about it. Just it just doesn't. I don't know. I, I understand that people like it. I'm not against it. I think that it's fine if that's what people want to do. Um, I, I just having a tournament in the at the beginning or the quarter mark of the season just. It's confusing to me as to what the purpose of this is. I'm with you. I find it confusing. I found it funny after all the talk of me not being able to see the courts that they made the Lakers change their jerseys because they were supposed to wear the black ones with the blue courts and people like me wouldn't be able to see the game. However we feel about it, though, the numbers show people are watching and Mm -hmm. the games are more exciting. Local viewership for group play was up 20%. National games up 26%. Attendance was up. The league pass for their was up 25%. So by every metric, people are paying more attention to the NBA. And, and instead of seeing these, nobody's trying at the end of the game, you saw players getting pissed off. The guys were trying to score when they're down 20 because point differential mattered. You also had somebody giving Dame time signals uh, who was not Dame Lillard. <laughs> yeah, somebody who we both wanted here. Uh, he's a good player. He's a really good player. And So what, what is the attendance like at in Vegas? Is, is it it looked is pretty it strong in Vegas? It looked pretty full, but it just seemed like a quieter crowd to me. Like I don't but like see that. But I don't see like that's neutral the, sites. That's the other thing that's confusing to me is to why, why would it have been on a Thursday night? To me, because the, they wanted you, the championship on Saturday night, right? Because that, they don't want to compete with the NFL. Yes, because it's all but, around okay, the NFL. But they just competed with the NFL's premier game of the week. Well. Yeah, well, I, I the premier game of the week. <laughs> I'm gonna, I said that with complete sarcasm, as you know how much I hate I'm, Thursday I'm, night football, but it is competing with the NFL. I'm going to leave that there while we go back to talking about our, our okay. college football talk, and we'll take it up after. Last week, I rooted for chaos, and I told you all, all I want is chaos leading into the college football playoff. And because we got some chaos, we decided that Jamie Morris should join us again, host of the M Zone show on WTKA 1050 AM, Monday to Friday from three to six. Jamie, nice to see you. It's nice to see you guys. And <laughs> I, I'm glad you wish for chaos because chaos, it came good for Michigan. We we are going where we wanted to go, which was the Rose Bowl because we we are old souls in our hearts. We are old souls, and that if it's going to start to be at the national championship, we want it to start with the Rose Bowl, and it would, it's a great opportunity. And we have a strong fan base uh, on the West Coast, very strong fan base, and you'll saw you will see a lot of amazing and blue. But we're also playing my second favorite team. That on my last game I got to play against was Alabama. I grew up an Alabama fan because it was on TV all the time. Bear Bryant and all of that and Tony Nathan and all of those guys. I loved Alabama when I was a young kid. But, hey, I always wanted to wear an amazing blue. So having that opportunity was great. So 
We're looking forward to the Alabama game. I mean, you know what? People can't say what they like to say when it comes to us playing against our opponent this year. You know, we 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 just walked through it. We just they gave us a they gave us a a, a walkthrough game or something like that. No, this is a team that beat the number one team in the country. They beat the number one team in the SEC. I think they I deserve I think they do deserve to be there. Now I'm a little upset about what happened with Florida State, but that's okay. okay. Well, before we talk about Michigan and what's going to happen in that game, let's talk about the Florida State game for a minute. Because I, I, my initial reaction to it was almost disgust because poor Jordan Travis not only suffered an injury, but everybody seemed to blame Jordan Travis's injury on the reason that they were not in the college football playoff. How unfair is it that Jordan Travis's injury was a factor in this? And 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 what do you do when if you're an athlete and you're put in that situation, especially at that young an age? Um, that's a tough. That, and but the committee was obviously ready for this because they put that in their bylaws. Mm-hmm. If they if you lose a player that is significantly part of that game and the, the part of that team that helped your team get along the way, and should he? He get hurt in any capacity that will be part of their decision making. I get it. I think it's I think it's a lot of bull a bull crap. But and then the backup got hurt. Now I don't know if you saw that game, the Florida State game, when they let the young man, uh, the freshman play. That game, I mean, Florida State almost imploded themselves, and uh, they had to go wildcat with the. Uh, with the running backs and different things like that. Maybe Rodemaker could have came back. He was under uh, concussion protocol. Um, but letting that committee get a chance to watch that game and them giving, I mean, thinking about that, it it reinforced what they had. I don't agree with it. I still say this is a team that went 13-0. and And they're in the ACC. Your whole thing was is you wanted the ACC and the Pac-12 to get as a participant in this, in this, um, what we call the best teams in, in the country, right? So Florida State is still, they still have a strong defense. They still have running backs and they still have one of the best receivers in, um, in, uh, Coleman. So, I mean, for me, I still, f- I feel bad for those, for those kids at Florida State. I think it's a good thing they're expanding to 12 because I think it sets a terrible precedent. If you're a coach or an administration, why are you totally honest about the health of a player anymore? Just say, yeah. he's, just say he's yeah. injured. We don't know if, you know, we don't know when he'll come back. Why would you say that somebody's out if you're going to be told that you do what everything you're told, you go undefeated, mm-hmm. you beat SEC teams out of conference, you win mm-hmm. your conference, you do everything the committee asks you, and the committee says you're not the same team anymore Frankly, you won't bring the same ratings that we want is what that also means. Right. Like, no, that's I, true. I just think it's concerning for football that you asked a team to do something. They did it all. And then you decided that it wasn't good enough on a sliding scale afterwards because you say you put a caveat into the rules. Here's the problem. It's all about money. Yeah. All about ratings and all about money. And that's the truth. I, I hate to say that. And I hate that everybody goes, yeah, that's right. But it's all about money. Well, you TC, look at that TCU game against Georgia was a joke. People left. You even look you, at the ratings from just the SEC championship. They they got yeah. 17 million viewers. It was the highest rated game in the last five years in all of football on any network. Mm-hmm. And and at the same time, ESPN 
kind of has a stake in this stuff. They're an SEC well, yeah. partner, and that yeah, they air ACC games. It just it seems sure. like there's not much transparency on how this happened, and there's lots of questions about what it means. Well, think about this: what if they would have put Georgia in there? They wanted to put everybody knows they wanted to put Georgia in there. They didn't want to put Texas in there, but everybody knew Texas had beat Alabama. That that was the gripe. Texas, you can't put Texas in. You can't put Alabama in, and you can't if you put Alabama in. Texas has got to be in there, or we got a problem. So they would have had a problem. So they, I mean, when you think about it, though, you got two SEC teams in, you got two Big Ten teams in. Come next year, think about it. I mean, yeah. really, the two the two mega conferences are dominating already. When you think about it. All right. Well, let's let's talk about the game that will, I think, have huge ratings, which mm-hmm. is Michigan. Of the two games, it would seem to me, even though Michigan game out, Michigan-Alabama is the earlier game. Yeah. That's going to be the marquee game of these two games. Agreed. How how Michigan got to, to go to the Rose Bowl, which to me was a huge help. If they would have been at the Sugar Bowl right next door to Alabama. Yeah. No, it would have been a real that no matter what they did to try to make portion tickets evenly mm-hmm. and no matter how well Michigan and I've been to the Sugar Bowl when Michigan is there and they travel. We travel incredibly well. Mm-hmm. The fact is being next door to Alabama would have made it out of home game. And yeah. now Alabama has got to go go west as Michigan does. Mm-hmm. How important is that setting and how important is just the Rose Bowl to evening the playing field for Michigan. It's familiar for the for the um, for the fans. They've seen they've seen Michigan in that Rose Bowl. It's not familiar uh for these kids cuz they've never been to Rose Bowls. They haven't been to a Rose Bowl. None of those kids on that team. But it's familiar to Jim Harbaugh. He's been to a Rose Bowl. He knows he understands. He knows not to do tour days because Bo Schimbeckler took us to the Rose Bowl and had tour days his senior year. I'll never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> that was an important game. Wait, was that was that the was that the Rodney Peak game? No, this was no? the game against Arizona State. Oh, okay. And uh, I remember this game. I was I was like I was exhausted after the first series. We went straight down and scored right away, and I'm like, good God. I couldn't get my air. It was like, wow. But we were, I, I don't, I mean, I love that man. And I trust in what he, what he did with us. He just got us ready to play. And, uh, you know, he put us in the suburbs. That's this, that's the going thing on my radio show. I'm saying, where is Michigan going to stay? Talk Are to us gonna- about why. Huh? Talk to us about why you're talking about that. As somebody who's experienced this situation, why does that matter? Well, it just, it matters because it, you know, you want these kids, look, you don't get to go out to the Rose Bowl until you win You win the Big Ten, right? That's how big, that's That's the way I was raised. That's the old school in Michigan. We were raised to get win the Big Ten and go out to the Rose Bowl. And, you know, it became such a, a pressure cooker thing for us because we go out to the Rose Bowl, Ohio State goes out to the Rose Bowl, can't win. Michigan goes out to the Rose Bowl, can't win. You know, we just weren't winning at the time. And so we needed to win that game. And we come off a we come off a Fiesta Bowl championship the year before 
we beat Nebraska. So we feel pretty good about ourselves going out there, uh, re- rebounding. We we lost the Minnesota game that really we should have been undefeated all the way. But we rebounded, uh, had a chance to go out to Hawaii. That's kind of a little check, but we were went out to Hawaii and played a football game out there. Was able to beat the the uh, the the Rainbows, and I, I it was a great trip, and it just gave us a prep. But that being said, we went out there, and Coach just wanted to win that game. I knew the pressure that was going because going to the Fiesta Bowl, the two things they're two big bowls, but going to the Fiesta Bowl, we were light and airy. There was no guys. There was no two-a-days. There was, you know, get around, make sure you get around. I want the players to have fun in the communities and different things. Uh-uh. We were on lockdown when we got to Hawaii, when we got to um, Pasadena in L.A. We were on lockdown. We, they didn't, didn't, I mean, we had to go to Disney. We had to go to Disney. You couldn't, you couldn't just relax in the hotel. No, you went to Disney and took pictures and smiled and make make sure you have fun with the kids they had there with you, trying to ride on the ride on the uh, the the different rides and everything. No, that became mandatory and different things like that. When the Rose Bowl wanted you to do, you were these players. These certain players were marked, and I. Luckily me, I get because he's as small as some of the kids. He he's going with us. <laughs> So yeah, it was more, it was more you had to be there. This one, I think it was, it's gonna be more relaxed for these kids. I think Jim understands what he needs to do for these kids and um maybe not put them in the suburbs and away from everybody, but let them have a chance to run around, blow off some steam, do something. They know not to do anything wrong. And this is a focused team. As I said, this is a mature team, and they have one goal in their mind win they have not won in the semifinals in these two years and they know how important it is because this is their last go around their last chance for some of those guys they came back this will be their you know six years i mean some of them i mean you you think about that it's important for them to go out winners and get one especially at the rose bowl well and and it's important to note that a lot and especially in this day and age how quickly kids jump to the NFL if given the opportunity. And there are a lot of players on this team who could have jumped last year, Mm -hmm. who chose to come back. And yes, Michigan does have those who will, who stay will be champions. And, and, and they followed that, but not everybody follows it. How important is it that they have so much leadership that they have these guys who came back, who tasted getting this close and now have it in them to say, I got to get back and I got to get all the way. And how important on top of that is it that you have these leaders when you have this month off where you have to maintain until you get to that game. The the special thing about this team, and I told you guys this last week, and I've said this on my radio show, this right here is the greatest Michigan team in the history of Michigan football. Because we talked about it, they do it. Each game at a time. And I'm getting emotional, I'm sorry. But when we think about Michigan football, it was one game at a time, never looking ahead. And they did that. Now, the 97 team did the same thing. But the reason why I think this is the greatest team, these players play without their coach, their head coach, 
for six games, half the season. Think about that. They, I, I can't imagine Bo Schimbeckle not being on the sidelines when I played. It just, it's infathomable. All I'm going to say is he had a heart attack and he didn't come to my last game. I played for him. I honored him. And that's that's what I did. That's what my my senior team did. We honored him. We were not going to let a loss happen under our under under us. It, that being said, these kids did it for six games. Incredible how they put that together. Think about that. I mean, kids without the 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 real the leadership that they are supposed to have, and what they did, and and what they are about to embark on is one of the greatest things they, that Michigan football has done. I mean, it's great that we won a thousand games. It's here's the remarkable thing. It's great because that is the team that won that thousand that thousandth game because they passed history for us. And we're all we're all gracious and we all feel great about it. it every player talked about when you beat Maryland, how great it was. We we all talked and I had guys smoking cigars on Zoom calls and different things like that because. Who knew being the first program? I mean, it's great. You, we we talk about always laying the foundation. Well, we got a damn house now. So that being said, these players are the ones that are living in that house. And I appreciate everything that they've done for the University of Michigan and how they've acted. They act just like gentlemen. They know exactly what they need to do. I don't expect anybody. There's and. I don't think I, everybody was saying, aren't you impressed that no one is saying they're not going to play in, they're not playing in the game because they don't want to get hurt for their NFL status, or no one jumped into the portal. No one jumped into the portal. Whether they're, no, and as I said, they're waiting for that ring. They're waiting to get that ring. And they know that they could get the ring as long as they stay focused. So I'm not worried about these guys being out of shape. I'm not worried about these guys. You you don't have to worry about this team because they're so laser focused. It's all about it's all about the win, getting the win and getting the natty. So in order to finish their story, if they can win the Rose Bowl, they'll have to beat the winner of the Sugar Bowl. Let's talk about mm-hmm. that for a second. You got Washington and Texas who get in there. We had talked previously about the Washington Oregon matchup last week. Bo Nix, his experience didn't matter. Washington no. just knocked them all over the field. Right. I mean, it Washington didn't even, play defense. Yeah, that come from? Didn't even look like a, a contest, uh, frankly. I was, I, was, I was really surprised by it. Your thoughts right. on the matchup between, again, you have what would seemingly be a more physical team in Texas that's moving into a larger conference against mm-hmm. Washington, who is also moving into a larger conference, both mm-hmm. with a lot – that they want to say as they move into that conference next year. Well, they both need to make they, they both need to make noise coming into a bigger conference, coming into the Big Ten for Washington. That's huge for them, and that would that would that would bring value to them all the way line. Look, the thing for me is is Washington. They proved that they could play defense, and they they stopped the they stopped Oregon. They stopped Bo Nix. Something that I didn't think they could do. I thought Bo Nix went up and down the field in the first the first game. I mean, this game they played defense. They did play defense, and Michael Penix is is for real. I mean, he after the Oregon first one, he I mean he didn't play. He he was he was a half of that what himself 
when he played the other teams after that. But he came to play against that in, in that um, Pac-12 uh, championship game. And, um, you know, I guess Texas, Texas beat, Texas beat Alabama. I mean, Alabama in Tuscaloosa. That's hard to do. I have faith in Texas. I think they'll play well. I think they have they 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 have some great defensive linemen, and they get after the ball, and they can run. And you know the quarterback has shown me that he can play. He, I mean, they missed him, but I'm gonna say this: he came in and he proved that he can play. They have some wide receivers that can get away. So they're playing a two. Really, they're playing a, a clone of themselves. If you think about it, they they both can throw the ball. They both have good running backs. They good running games. It'll be an interesting game. I I mean, I'm looking at Texas to win. Who do you want to play? Who do you want to play if you're a Michigan man? After watching what Washington did to Oregon and seeing them show up with a defense, knowing what Texas is, assuming you guys win, who who Jeff, who, who do you guys want to see in the championship game? I just want to get there. I don't really care. Yeah, I don't care. You know what? We will take care of whoever's there. Spoken like men who have a stake in what goes on I can assure you right now, Jamie, I don't know, but uh, I will meet you in Houston if they win. Okay. I like that, Jeff. I will be there. Jeff is already planning. I will be there. Yeah. So, so Jamie, you mentioned before the transfer portal and how how Michigan hasn't (laughs) lost many people to the transfer portal. Um, They've gotten a few key pieces from the transfer portal mm-hmm. including a kicker by the way right um he's but he he's originally from uh celine celine uh, right uh, mm-hmm. oh so, i right. mean he's a kid who lives right next to ann arbor but but you just mentioned yeah but you just mentioned two quarters quarterbacks that did benefit through the transfer portal and bo nix mm-hmm. and michael Penix. Penix was mm-hmm. at indiana nix right. was in at auburn mm-hmm. how important has been and what what is your perspective on the transfer portal has it been a a full positive negative we've talked to i'll never forget we talked to ward manual when the transfer portal first was happening Mm -hmm. and his perspective then was this is years ago uh, yeah this was was a concern that players wouldn't compete that it would cause kids to just kind of say if i don't immediate if i don't get immediate gratification of starting that people were going to move on. Do you feel that that's what the transfer portal has created or has it created opportunities or is it just a mixed bag? No, let me say this, 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 the transfer portal has been, is a genius, is a genius play. I look, I would have put some, some rules around it. Mm -hmm. I would have not said you guys can't transfer. Well, that's why you're not with the NCAA. They don't don't believe in rules or thinking about regulations (laughs) around the damn thing. They just said, here you go, go do your thing. So yeah, the kids, some kids take it and they move around because I don't like the coach doesn't like me or this. No, but it's being used. I think it's being used the right way. I mean, look, these kids, I'm going to say this and I'll say Kyle McCord. He's a quarterback at, at uh, Ohio State. He had a meeting with his coach. Coach told him, I don't see, I can't talk about the future with you. I can talk about the next game, which which was going to be, and the kid made a decision. You don't see a future with me. I, I guess I'll go find the future for myself. It's tough. It's tough for the kids. Now, look, for me, it used to be the coach could move around as much as he wants, leave the players, and now the kids are moving around. Now, does it need to be? Yes, it needs to be 
tightened up. It needs to be tightened up. I look, maybe two moves at the most, I think. But overall, it's been a great, it's been a great addition to college football. It and it's get it's 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 making the NCAA get off their ass and finally do something. You know what I'm saying? Instead mm-hmm. of collecting the money and you know talking about how much money they're making and you know how much money they input this and there, take care of the take care of the players that take care of your game. But and, but but Jamie, it's not. That's the problem. It, to to me, it's it's when I, when I say it's not, it's not getting the NCAA to do the right thing. Not yet. they're still chasing their tails. Like even right. the idea I, that they came up with the other day is right. them trying to put the horse back in the barn. Oh, yeah. that's instead that's of the, actually dealing with the issue. That's for the no, subdivision wanna... of schools that can afford to pay thirty thousand dollars. That right. idea, Jeff. And you know that's power five, which would be yes. power four. That's power mm-hmm. five, or power four, whatever you want to call it. And that's what it's going to be. It's the guys that it, it look. They've, they they're so tired of losing in the courts. They're trying to just get the to get Congress to pass some rule to pass some law that lets them keep their antitrust rules and everything. Like, look, they're not trying to go away. They're, I mean, eventually everybody's going to say, "Why don't you just get rid of that and reconstruct that?" I mean, yeah. it makes sense instead of trying to make. And they're building. I I said I never see the day. I guess I am going to see the day because eventually you were going to take the football schools and you're going to take them out. They can make their own rules because they have all the money, right? right? I mean, look, when you start making NFL money, and I mean the the, the billions of dollars that the two teams that the two the two the two school uh, excuse me the two conferences that are going to make. I mean, you got the SEC making. Three billion dollars from ABC, ABC, ESPN, and then you got the Big Ten making um, making seven billion dollars from Fox and NBC and CBS. I mean, what's it say? It just tells us this is all. And he's trying. And look, Charlie Baker is not is not a is not he's not he's a politician. So he's going to do everything he can to politic get what he can and he's going to give you he'll give he's given the power five what they want power five has wanted their own little own little fiefdom that's what he's trying to do but if you're going to do it you're going to pay for it i mean usc isn't in the big 10 so that they can play basketball against michigan it's because of their football prowess go ahead jeff why don't you finish up all right well before you go what's your prediction on both games well, I think Michigan can beat Al- Alabama. Um, it depends on what Alabama team shows up. Is it the one that shows up that showed up in Auburn, or is it the team that showed up for Georgia? Now they get up for Georgia. Georgia is a team that has beaten Alabama. There's not really other many teams that have beaten Alabama, so they usually go, "We're a better team than everybody else." Mm-hmm. And I hope they do think they're the better team than Michigan. We, I. I pray for that. I played an Alabama team and look, we knew we were the better team. And I think this team will be the better team because they're, we, we have bigger offensive linemen. You, you haven't seen us pound the ball this year, mm-hmm. this year. And yeah. I don't think they'll remember last year or the year before, but we are going to try to run at you. And then once we run at you, we're going to go over the top of you when you bring those safeties down. Yeah. So my, but the, the big question there is, 
Alabama's quarterback has gotten progressively better and better as the season goes on. Michigan has not seen a player like Milrow this season. Are they going to be able to stop his feet? Yes, and you're going to have to do what everybody else has done. You're going to have to spy that kid. Really, you're going to have to spy him. And that would be Mike Mike Samistil. Mike's going to have to spy him and make sure that this kid doesn't run. The one thing about this kid, you, he says it every time he gets an interview, I'd rather throw the ball than run it. He, and, and they do have plays that let that make him run the ball. Mm-hmm. And he run a counter play where he circles around and lets those two linemen get the block and get up there. He's They ran it a couple of times against Georgia. But I know this kid, and you got to take the ball away when he puts it in the air. You got to get after him. He will make mistakes if you disguise your um your your um your what you have back there. All right. So if we're at the tailgate with Santo Ono, who are the two teams going to be? Michigan and who? Oh, it's going to be Michigan. I honestly, I want I I want Washington, but I just think it's going to be Michigan and Texas. Big boy fight. Yeah, <laughs> that that'd be a hoss fight right there. Well, look, if either way, if that happens, if Michigan's in that game. Uh, we're going to be talking to you about it, and we always enjoy getting to catch up with you for a few minutes and uh, watch us go forward. Jamie Morris, thanks for giving us some time, man. No problem. Thank you. I look forward to it. Hey, from your from your mouth to God's ears, we're talking next week, Dad. Sounds good to <laughs> me. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Jamie. Thank you. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains, and the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. Thanks for sticking with us after break. Look, I'm still laughing. I cannot believe that you called the Thursday night football game the NFL's premier game of the week. Uh, well, are the ratings out? Uh, it's is Amazon. The season so tournament outdraw. It's Amazon, so you don't really get accurate ratings in terms okay. of that for the NFL. So, I, I'm how can sh- how convenient for Amazon? Let Let's be honest. Everything what? it gets trumped by the NFL. I mean, the NFL is on TV and people watch it. Even if we don't get numbers, my guess is that more people watch the Thursday night game of the Patriots against the Steelers where both teams had backup quarterbacks and it was a punt fest for a little bit in the game. I watched, of course. Cause okay, but I, I don't care about the game. I, I'm talking about your argument was that the reason the NBA has it on Thursday is because they want the finals on Saturday. Yes. Wouldn't more people watch on a Sunday than they would, even with the NFL? I'd have, Wouldn't they watch? So let's say you have that game, I don't know, have it at no, 8 o'clock at I night. I don't think why? so. Cause, why? I, I don't think so. I think, the, I think Sunday night football would outdraw it. I think you'd rather be, especially because there's no college football this week. You get the night to yourself. I think what I would have done if I were them is a Wednesday, Saturday, as opposed to a Thursday. Then you're not up against Thursday night football and you get Saturday night clear to yourself. But that's that's probably what I would have done with it. I, I would actually prefer that if they're going to do this tournament, 
that it stays in the arenas and I don't like neutral sites. I like when fans are really into it and the atmosphere in Indiana for some of those games was a blast watching. Yes, but this is this is for the players. This is and it, it will draw fans, but it's supposed to be for the players and I think the players like the idea of coming to Vegas. Apparently, LeBron Zion, loves well, it. <laughs> Zion, wasn't Zion the one who commented before he, that they were going to have a whole bunch of fun like Yeah. Uh, okay, well, what did that mean? Basically what we talked about with Jamie about prepping for a bowl game or having fun or being locked down. Well, that's it. Uh, so <laughs> look, the way that the way that the Pelicans played last night, mm-hmm. it looked like they went out and had fun. The Lakers looked like they were ready to play. Which, which by the way, the irony of that is they play in New Orleans where everybody gets in trouble when they do go to a bowl game. You, it's a sugar ball, right? You, you'll like this, by the way. So I watched, there were three different broadcasts on last night. Well, two on the same, like, TBS and TNT had the same broadcast just on two channels. I was looking because Kevin Hart was doing an alternate broadcast, and I wanted to see what a disaster that was. Yes, and one of them was on True TV, I heard. That wasn't the Kevin Hart one. That was the one that I found, and I found it last time. That was the betting broadcast. So they had Chandler Parsons and two other guys talking about the live lines and everything in-game. I just think it's really interesting all the different ways that – these sports are starting to reach people. You know, we'll we'll get to football in a minute, but Brandon, my my oldest, calls the Jaguars his team now. You know why? He likes the helmets. They played in the Disney game that was in the Toy Story in, in the room, and he mm-hmm. thought that game was cool, and the Jaguars won that game against the Falcons. So whenever we're watching Red Zone now and the Falcons and the Jaguars come on and they're playing in different games, he mm-hmm. remembers those teams and says the Jaguars are his team. Separate from the Eagles, the Eagles are his team. But the Jaguars played in Andy's room for Toy Story. I just think it's really interesting that you and I kind of poo-poo these things sometimes. The Nickelodeon Super Bowl, the alternate broadcasts, the the kids version, the betting version. But they all appeal to people who aren't I didn't, necessarily I didn't poo-poo the kids fans. version. I, did, I poo-pooed the, the betting version because I, I despise betting. I know, but, I, but there are people who really aren't interested in sports that will watch just for the gambling. And if you're a sport and you can pull somebody in for a different reason, be it like we've talked about the human interest story of the series that they do or the gambling side. All right. I, mean, you know they're doing I don't want to, but I don't want to discuss this. I, 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 I have no interest in the betting stuff. If you want to do a betting show, go ahead and do a betting show. I can't stand the fact that anything is motivated by people throwing away their money. Isn't the life uh, motivated I, I, by that? That? That's, that is my opinion on it. And I know that people have, but the fact that there is another station that has another broadcast and this doesn't apply to the NBA, it applies to everyone. I find it nauseating that people need to, either you're entertained by what you're watching, the product, or you're not. The fact that you need to find some way to be artificially entertained to watch something that you wouldn't otherwise watch makes no sense to me. As somebody like, who spent like, a time in their life watching the uh, le- 11 a.m. Pacific uh, Pacific right, Star but, but, Hawaii but, but, games when I was gambling, but I see, take but that see, personally. You're, you're, the, you're an example <laughs> of exactly why it's not good. Like you would readily admit that it, it's not healthy well, to do these things. For so me, the, I the was world. Not... There's lots of other things we can do in the world. I know we do a sports show, but there's lots of other sports that you can now watch on many different stations, and you can watch the same damn thing without having all these things scrolling on the bottom that every five minutes the line is changing during a game and you have to go gamble somewhere i i understand and i agree with you i'm just saying i think you're going to see more of these 
tailored broadcasts that target specific audiences that are not currently into their product. Because you've already got saturation of sports fans, so you yes, have to find them other gonna, ways. Yes, but I think you're actually going to have people like me who are going to turn off the broadcast because of it. What about if it's it, on a separate broadcast, though? Like, the True TV broadcast was not the main broadcast. You that was can't only do that gamblers. with everything. You, you, the, there's, believe it or not, and I turn, I, I, I scroll through a TV and want, look at a thousand stations and go, there's nothing on, but eventually there's no more t- television stations. And so there, there's not going to be on every single one of them that it's both. What is going to happen is it's going to be on the main broadcast. And then some of us who don't want to be involved in this are going to have to deal with this. And I think the answer right. for people like me is to turn it off. I think you're right. I think you're going to see, and I think people like you are not going to like that. I think you're going to see more integration into the main broadcast. Right. Um, And and we, and we've dealt with now how gambling is negatively influencing sports. So, So they, they're trying to sit there and merge the two when in fact, at the end of the day, it's bad for the sport because what the beauty in my mind of sports is not knowing the outcome. That every 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 game is a story in and of itself without an ending that anybody knows. And now you're going to put in it the potential that people will know and that people will be making money off of it. And that's what we don't want. I mean, we've we've how many stories have we done just in 2023 about how supposedly people were betting on different sports from college football on? Look, I I think it's naive to think that it hasn't always been done i think that the embracing by sports and the tearing down of the wall is what is more concerning but to think that i mean there was the black Sox, there was pete wrote there's always been questions and problems around gambling and sports and the integrity of the game so the answer the answer is to make it part of the sport well didn't we have that conversation years ago where there that there was the one nfl season where every time you they went to commercial it was a DraftKings commercial like every single commercial well that's it i mean are you going to tell me as as ridiculous as it sounds that there are not players in any sport especially in the nfl who are motivated by what their fantasy player does players there are definitely players that are in okay well so that's not good that's that is not healthy for what the about purity of the to, sport what if they used to bet with each other on who would get a home run i i just I, the players are allowed mm-hmm. to have fun i it's the it's the league embracing it that concerns me it's the disconnect between saying you can't do this but we'll make a ton of money off of it while telling you you can't do it now they shouldn't be able to do it because of the integrity of the game they can't bet on their own things but it's just the disconnect between the billions that will be made off gambling they are i mean they're so i don't so know if you want up- me, so you want me to get you want me to get off my own lawn is it no, I, I don't like, like you, you want can, me to just accept the fact you can that, stay that I want to at least believe that there's some purity of, you, in sport. You can stay on your lawn, but you have to understand that the grass is going to you, you know how hard it's getting to watch certain sports. Yes, I like, do. Like, look, we, we just talked to Jamie about the idea of a Florida state getting screwed and, and and how that changes the purity of sport. You have this gambling issue that's changed the purity sport. And if we have a minute, I know it's December. 
Let's talk golf for a minute because that's changing the purity of the sport to literally the point that since live golf ha- has entered the mainstream as tiny a mainstream as it's entered so far, I haven't watched a single minute of golf and you've known me for a long time. I go to golf tournaments. I go to majors. I'll fly to different places. We've covered it before. I haven't watched a single second of golf because of live golf. So you clearly didn't like what happened. And I'm not the only person. You clearly didn't like what happened this week with John Rahm then. No, but the thing is, okay, so if it's true that John Rahm is getting $300 million, I get why he's taking it, but it doesn't change the fact that I don't like it. It doesn't change the fact that in the, the argument against live golf is, is this idea of sports, sports washing and what happened before these, this money was changing hands. And so how do you, I understand, I get it through somebody throws $300 million. It is not just life changing it is generational changing money for your family decades into the future and generations into the future. But the money that you're taking is in my mind wrong. It's, it's interesting though. You talk about the purity of sport. I never looked at sport as pure. I looked at sport as entertainment. So is that a generational thing where you and I, like I'm a little bit younger than you. Is that, that I came up differently and, there were already so many questions around sport going on that I didn't look at it as pure. I looked at it as calloused and flawed, but entertaining to me. Maybe. Because I, I don't look at it as as that. I don't necessarily like some of the things I see. I'm interested by them because I'm a communications person and, and I like that kind of stuff. But I've never looked at sports as pure. I've looked at the athletes and and what they do of it. But the leagues, there have always been questions, whether it's the way they negotiate deals, the way they treat fans. The, I've just never looked at those entities as pure. So I'm, I don't yeah, but, buy but into it. But there's a difference. I mean, what, what's going on in Live Golf is beyond anything that we have ever ever seen in sport clearly and i'm not at least anything that has been out in the open and visible in sport i had to deal with that first you and i talk about it we don't talk about on the show but i i watch professional wrestling i have since i was a little kid they were one of the first people that struck a deal with saudi arabia and started traveling over there for shows i have challenges watching it and it bothers me doing it and yet i'm part of the problem because i do and that's the problem in why? the end. But wh- wh- but, but you're wh- the why? you're the minority, Jeff. You're the you are not the majority of sports fans. The majority of people are still watching golf. I know the people you talk to aren't. I don't happy think so. Do, do, you, do you do you think that that anybody? I mean, you're the ratings guy. I don't think anybody was watching the CW to see Live Golf. No, not Live Golf. But and, I didn't and, see the PGA I, Tour take a hit in their ratings this year. Okay. Yeah. Yes, but the PGA Tour ratings went down. That doesn't mean that they all transferred to Live Golf. Like mm-hmm. in a business world, John Rahm will never make Live Golf three hundred million dollars. No. Okay. It, that's never going to happen. So, there. What is the reason for doing this? It's to, supposedly to to get, hide everything wanna, else they've done. 
No, well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's what it's that's for. What, that's what you and I believe the real reason is. Yes. But, but the stated reason is to get people to watch, right? Yes. So do you really <laughs> think, first of all, do you think that anybody cares about John Rom? I think there's a lot of golf fans that do. Yeah. I don't, but. I don't. I, I'm a golf fan. I'm, I, I'm telling you, nobody, uh, the majority of people at a golf tournament are not following John Rom around. And that's not to that's not a knock on John Rom. It, it's it's just that it's it's not he's not the guy. There they're very there aren't even that many the guys anymore. It was Rory, it was Tiger. Now it's a bunch of very good golfers, but there's no superstar right now. Rom, I guess, is the closest as far as the way he plays, but but there aren't there aren't these bigger than life figures right now. Phil actually fit into that and he destroyed his image yeah. by going over there. There, You're kind of in a transition period of golf. You have a, a lot of new younger guys coming up that are kind of taking over. I, I just, I kind of want to go back to this, this purity idea. Do you think other people look at sports as pure? Like who do you think, people come down on. I don't want to, I don't want to make it sides, but like, do you think people look at it like me and take sports as entertainment and don't look for the purity? Or do you think that more fans look at it and they think that this is being trampled on this, this thing that they love so much? I think it's a combination of both. And I'm not one of those people who says this is the player's fault or the owner's fault or the, the school's fault. That's not that's not the point. It's it's the point of letting things in that don't need to be there because supposedly it's going to bring in more money and it's going to bring in people who aren't normally interested in that thing. And and the desperate need to bring in more people instead of just making the sport better, whatever the sport is, doesn't seem to be enough anymore. Well, I, I and think so it- we will all sell supposedly our souls for, if we can make the extra dollar. And I'm not naive enough to, to think that the world's not about money. I'm not saying that, but at some point it has to be about the sport. It has to be about the athlete. It has to be about protecting. When I say purity, I'm not talking about protecting the, the pitch clock or the non pitch clock or those kinds of things. Those we can have arguments about all the time because those are efforts to improve the game, whether you agree with it or not. I'm talking about the constant need to throw in our face things that are clearly about money to the point that you you almost feel dirty when you're watching something because you know that they're they're not there's more effort to throw things in your face than there is to to throw the product a better product in your face. Well, I mean, we've <laughs> look. I want to talk Flyers. We've talked about that for years. They marketed gritty more than they marketed a, a team. Now they have a team on the ice. I mean, you you have a lot of that in sports where they they market the sizzle as opposed to the steak. It's just and and, and, and I I get there's probably no way to quantify it. I don't know if it creates a a more lucrative product by doing that. I, somebody must have done it, done the numbers to figure out that it must be. I think. The, I mean, I think the calculation is that you're going to stay, and somebody else may come in. So, in their effort to expand the base, the assumption is it's just like politics. You assume that your hardcore base has no place else to go. So, what do you do? You you try to reach out to a wider net to get more people into the tent. 
And that's what I think's going on. I think the assumption is that you'll bitch and moan about it and you'll still turn it on. Now you're the exception. Ah, I think, but to I that. don't. But I think but you you're the exception. I, I think you're the exception to that rule. I I think you and my dad, who who my dad refused to buy. I've told you this. Refused to buy tickets to baseball after the lockout in 1995. Mm-hmm. Would not pay to go to games anymore. Did not want to support it. It was very unhappy. But I think you guys are the minority. I think everybody else, the majority of fans, say I don't like it, but I accept it. And they move on. And then they brought in the base to get more fans in. I think that's the calculation. I guess. But again, again, like like I, I will tell you, the in-season tournament, while I don't necessarily get it, I understand it. And that's an effort to improve the game. Yeah. Like even though they're going to make money off of it, that's an effort to improve the game. This ticker on the bottom, on the sides, on the top, all over the place about how I can bet every three seconds on whatever's going to happen, including whether or not you know, James Harden is going to miss the next ball. Like, I don't need that part of it. I understand. Like, that part is in my face to the point that I can't watch it. So as long as as long as I can continue to watch the NBA that I love, which is just watching the game, I'm good. I but think if it gets to the point where the only broadcast I can see of a Sixers game is going to have pointsbet.com nonsense all over the place or whatever whatever one they're partnered with at the moment, I'm all, it's off. I, I think that you're going to move to multiple broadcasts, especially as you move off of a linear-type TV setup and move to streaming, because there's no cost to having a different stream. So why can't you have one stream for the guys like you and one stream for the other people? I think that's where you're going to go to see. And you remember we talked about it when we interviewed Arthur Smith about how there's so many places to put content now. And I think that's what's going to happen is as these these places move to streaming platforms, the barrier to entry to produce multiple broadcasts, one where it's just the regular broadcast where you have the announcers and a second one where you have people sitting in a studio and they're on next to it. You're already doing the first broadcast. You're just adding a little bit in for a larger audience. So no. I didn't plan yeah, to do yes ratings and no, with yeah, you. But yes Paul. and no, because what happens if it gets to the point where they sit there and they said, look, it's not worth us having two networks doing this because you're going to have to pay for it. And so we're going to put it on just one. You're talking and, networks. And, and I then, don't, then I don't I'm think, out. I don't think they're going to be on networks. You're talking linear television. I don't think it's going to be on TV in the future. Well, yeah, I think but, it's going to that, be on streaming platforms. And then you don't have to choose which channel on your network it's on. You just create another stream. Yeah, but if but if bet.com dash whatever is is becomes the sponsor of one of the teams in whatever sport it is. That's and a different they, story. And then they insist that as part of their paying whatever premium they're paying, it has to be on all the broadcasts. They're not going to say no to it. The NBA would have to approve that, but you're right. You're I'm not talking about the get... NBA. I'm talking about any, I'm talking about any of the, at some point there's going to be advertising on helmets. Yeah. There's going to be advertising everywhere. Yes. It's we're, we're, we're on the way to that. And, and that day I remember as, as a teenager saying, there's no way I'll ever watch. I've given up on that. But I do get you that. watch? There's patches on every jersey. Exactly. Do you watch? You didn't yes. stop watching because yes. of the patches. Yes. Yes. Yeah. As I got older, I said, okay, that that's that's something that I can accept. And, and that's kind of the thing. It's is- the gambling thing that I have. A, a, it's the gambling thing and the sports washing thing that for me right now is ruining sports. 
And I think they're completely legitimate. I did not anticipate us going in this direction with the show, but I think that was kind of a fun thing to do. Yeah, I mean, if, if you if you talk to me about NIL, I do think it's good. Like, you would think that based on my demographic and the way that I talk about sport, that I would have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that because I think that it, the athletes should benefit. My problem there, as we as we, as we semi joked when we talked to Jamie and when we've talked to other people about it, is it's the wild west. It's that <laughs> the NCAA had every opportunity to anticipate and make this work so that it was beneficial for everybody, <laughs> and sat back and waited till it was really no not of benefit to anyone in any way that's healthy. We have five minutes left. There's a couple things I did want to ask you about. Talk about you watching the Flyers. I am watching the Flyers. They're fun, man. They're yeah, in second I mean, place in the at, Metropolitan. As we broadcast, they're what, 14 and 10? They're 14, like they're, 10, and 2. They're in, they're in second, second place, place in the division. Yeah. And, I mean, their penalty kill, they've got seven shorthanded goals and only have given up eight on the penalty kill through 26 games. They've given up three goals or less in their last nine road games. That's the longest stretch in 18 years for the organization. They're not... And the, and, Done and by yet? the way, they're developing young talent. Yeah. I mean, look, we all gave Tortorella a hard time last year because of how hard he was on Cam York. Cam York is turning into one of the best defensemen in the game, and he's small. He I mean, he's a, like Danny Boyle small. He had a sweet move to score a goal last night going around somebody. He scored the fourth goal in the game last night. It was nice. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm used to seeing that when he was in Michigan. Yeah, I know. But I, I had to throw that in. Well, yeah, I had to, but, I had to but, get that But out. Tortorella, to his credit, I did not think that he would be a developer, developer of younger talent because he's been around for so long. And that he wouldn't have the patience to do it because he doesn't seem like the most patient human being. So far, so good in the way that he's handled this young talent. And if if the players in the last couple drafts ever make it over here, I mean, the things you're reading, I don't know Mitch if you read and Gautier, my God. Yeah, I mean, if you read Sam, um, Sam Carcidi had a column within the last week ab okay. about this goalie who's 17 years old, who's playing against grown men. We got to get Carcidi back on to break down what they've got going. In the yeah. They, they have a bunch of guys that if in the next two years they come <laughs> and you develop and keep the, the Yorks and Farabees of the world and who knows what's going to happen with Carter Hart because Carter Hart's a free agent after this year. Right. Yeah. So Let's see what they you do. You know, they have Urson, who's done well as a backup as well. And they have, you just, you're starting to see the development of talent. And while, while it seems like the new regime did the right thing at the end of the last regime, which this is what always happens. The end of the last regime may have done something good. They'll never get credit for it. Exactly. That's the way it That's always it. works. It's the Ed Wade effect. Two minutes left. Uh, thoughts and prayers to Orioles fans who will now have to suffer through Keg Craig Kimbrell in the ninth inning. My first <laughs> text was to somebody saying, I hope the Phillies play the Orioles in the World Series. <laughs> Just so you can see him <laughs> to drop the ball because, when a man gets on guaranteed first. that the Phillies will win the World Series. Uh, and then um, I have two minutes left, and I don't normally take Rutgers time. But I'm taking Rutgers time, Jeff. For what? For a program-changing recruiting class that Steve Peichel has. And we're going to try and get him on again in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. They got the number two prospect in the country, Dylan Harper, for 2024. 
before he chose Duke, Rutgers over Duke, Kansas, Indiana, and Auburn. That's not the regular recruit for Rutgers. He joins Ace Bailey, the number three recruit in the country. Rutgers is ranked number two nationally in their recruiting class, and you've been to the rack. You mm-hmm. know how hard it is to play there and what a stadium that's like. And that's before you have talent like this on a team. Finally, it's, it's of, I get to be It's one of the excited. best. To, if, if people have not been there and people who live in this region, go. Because it is one of the, the best arenas in the country in any sport to see something. It, it's, it's cool looking inside. It is loud as can be. It's great. But what do you, obviously, Peichel is doing a great job of recruiting. Is there at a collective that is helping with this? There is, but I'm not like involved to know how much money mm-hmm. it's raising. But there is, as, as somebody said, this is Jersey. We had the Sopranos. They'll figure a way out. <laughs> yeah, but ser- but seriously, does, does does Rutgers have the kind of alumni base? Because that's what's going on in college football yes, sports. It's an arms race. Yeah. So so you know, as Deion Sanders said, he wasn't going to do it, and then he was going to do it, and. And now all of a sudden he's got the best offensive line in, in the country, which, by the way, the, the last comment I have here is that I said to someone, congratulations, you got the best offensive lineman in the country. And they said, yeah, this is going to be great. And I said, you have one now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it's one more than the Giants have. Thanks so true. much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one and we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye.